I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, everybody all better now? Yeah? No? Maybe? (laughs) That's the beauty of the NFL Draft. They make you suffer through all three days to try to figure out whether or not what your favorite team did makes sense. Good morning to you. Good Saturday morning for this special edition of Daily Shot of Steelers, because there's no way I was going to be able to get through the weekend without sharing some thoughts with you. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. That's Monday through Friday. It's NFL Draft Weekend. We're going to keep this thing going right on through uninterrupted. There will be another one tomorrow that wraps up the draft process. The Steelers made it through rounds two and three by basically checking off a couple of critically important boxes. In the second round, they took tight end Pat Fryermuth from Penn State. And in the third round, Kendrick Green, a center, and he will be a center from Illinois. By all accounts, these are players who ranked very highly at their respective positions. Fryermuth might, might, might be the best tight end in what was not considered to be a great class of tight ends. And Green, Green is, uh, if you're one of those people who watches uh, the rankings uh, and pays attention to those in the months leading up to the draft, he's, he's going to be called by most people a reach. I always cringe a little bit at that term because the people who know the most about these picks are the teams themselves. And if only we had access, like even after the fact, to all 32 teams' lists, I can promise you that they would look nothing like what ends up making it out to the public beforehand. Even the experts of the experts don't come close to what the worst scouting NFL team produces because of the massive amount of information that's there. So reach, you know, we'll see. Tom Brady lasted till the sixth round. Sixth round. That means even the Patriots blew that pick five times until they finally got him. 
if this is going to make sense, these two players, but especially Green, I think are going to have to be the ones to make it sense. I'm not going to go over yet again why I feel strongly that Najee Harris was not just the right pick for the Steelers in the first round, but the only pick, the perfect pick. What had to happen next, as I shared with you yesterday, was that they had to start making it make sense. You were going to let offensive linemen, tight ends, linebackers, cornerbacks, other positions of need fall past you to take that running back and to do that in the first round when everyone says it's a no-no, you can't do that, can't do that anymore, not in 2021. Well, if that's the player that you need and the player that you want, if it's both, you take that player. The challenge then becomes how do you fill these vacancies? The Fryermuth pick, I like a lot because his traits at Penn State are such that they remind you, I would say, I've heard some Heath Miller comparisons, and I'm not going there. I'd be looking more, just because of the quality. Heath was a guy who I think if he'd played a little bit longer, could have ended up being in a Hall of Fame discussion. I'd be looking more at like a Mark Bruner type, and I'm I'm going back with this one. He's a very good blocker, which last time I checked also is kind of part of the running game. He has good hands, makes all the plays that he's supposed to, probably isn't the kind of guy that's going to get the the separation that Eric Ebron does. It's Eric Ebron's greatest strength is that as a tight end, he's got the quickness in addition to the size and the reach to make plays and to create his own space. I don't think you're going to see that from Fryermuth, but I will take a tight end who's dependable enough to catch the ball and hang on to it, which you'll recall Ebron didn't always do, and to block. That was one thing that almost nobody had been discussing before this draft was that with Vance McDonald retiring, you were going to have absolutely no one sharing time with Ebron, backing up Ebron, possibly challenging Ebron for starting duty, although I don't see that happening at the outset. The position was just going to be left sitting there to chance going to hang on and see what you could get out of Kevin Rader. I mean, this just this was not a healthy situation at what's a very, very important role in this offense from the passing and the running standpoint. So Fryermuth can come in and, and, and get that done. And I got to tell you, he, he made a pretty nice impression in his interview session with us after his selection. Here's a Real small piece of that. I'm really excited. Um, you know, obviously since pro day, you know, Coach Alfredo and Coach Tomlin and Coach Cannon were there, and um, you know, I I was I hit off uh, with them from since day one, and um, you know, we had some great meetings throughout the process, and you know, I kind of I felt like if I was there um, at 55, that, that you know, that might draft me, and when I saw that Pittsburgh area code, um, I thought it was one of my friends from um, from Penn State pranking me, but um, 
you know, I answered the phone and coach, it was coach Tomlin and I, and I, it was just one of the best, it was the best friends I ever had um, playing for an organization that's, you know, such storied as, um, you know, the Steelers and, you know, especially having, you know, Franco Harris, you know, announced my pick and he's a legend from Penn state and, and the Steelers. And that was just a huge honor. And I'm just very excited to be part of this organization. Funny, but he also said at one point, uh, when he was asked about Ben Roethlisberger, he just goes, it's crazy that you're saying his name. Like, he couldn't believe that he's actually going to be on the team with the guy. He's grown up watching him, you know? Kind of a neat thing. That's a good, good, smart addition to this football team. Really is. I did not think the Steelers would be able to satisfactorily address the tight end position in this draft. And it appears that they've done that. That That's a plus, man. That is a plus. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG, as they're known, have been designated as super lawyers, capital S, capital L, for the past 15 years. The super lawyer designation is reserved, you should know, for the top 5% of attorneys in our Commonwealth. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. You can learn more about them online at lgkg.com. So if Fryermuth gets on the field, which again is as a second rounder, significant pedigree and a very clear opening he should the offense is going to be I was about to say stronger than last year but I mean Vance McDonald's a pretty good football player and and even though he wasn't utilized uh, as much as a lot of us myself included had hoped uh it's not fair to say that a rookie is going to come in and, and, and be that good. But the position also doesn't fall off. And that's important. And if somehow Fryermuth can work his way into additional snaps and to a bigger role, maybe that offense will get that extra burst with the running game that it absolutely lacked last year, especially when Ebron was on the field, because he hates run blocking. There's no other way to phrase it. He wants nothing to do with it. And then there's the other guy. Kendrick Green is uh, not the longest offensive lineman, six one and a half. So he's, I guess you would call that stocky. Uh, that can work for a center. It's not perfect. It's not. It's not a dream come true. And it might be uh, why he was considered to be an even later round pick by most analysts than where the Steelers ended up getting him. In fact, if you're like me, by the time the Steelers got to that portion of the third round, you had a whole list of possible centers in front of you, and his name wasn't on it. I'd like to think that they and Adrian Clem, specifically the offensive line coach who went out to watch Green, 
it was at his pro day, had a feel for what it is that they're looking for, especially considering Green wasn't at center full time. So they must have seen something that allowed them to believe that he could be that guy. Now, whether he is or not, we'll find out. I have a feeling the way this head coach, in particular the way he works, Mike Tomlin is going to put the veteran that he brought back on a free agent contract at the top of the depth chart to open camp, that being, of course, B.J. Finney. Uh, B.J. Finney has started games at center in the National Football League. He's also started more games at guard. And you're going to see him be announced at some point, probably not until we get to Latrobe, as the starter or at least incumbent or something to that effect. And Green is going to have to earn the job and win the job. If he does, if he does, then everything we've witnessed to this point in this draft adds up. There's no way around that. You can fuss and complain about the offensive tackles that slid past them. You can, and I've seen and heard and read a lot of this in the past 48 hours, you can complain vaguely about the offensive line being in this massive state of disrepair and how they should just be drafting all kinds of offensive linemen. But I don't see that. I mean, I I think there are significant question marks about this group, but I don't see uh, some catastrophe looming there. I wonder how many people who've complained to this effect can even name who are the starting offensive linemen if there was a, a football game tomorrow. Chooks Okorafor is going to be the left tackle, according to Tomlin, earlier in the week. Zach Banner's your right tackle. Zach Banner's a pretty good run blocker. And he's certainly got the frame to be able to handle the pass blocking. Are those weak spots? I mean, Chooks has to prove himself on that side, but I, I don't know that I'd look at him and say, wow, that's that's rough, man. They're, they're going to get trampled at those tackle positions. I don't see that. Left guard is Kevin Dotson. Everybody's darling in 2020. He can't be the weak spot. Your right guard is David DeCastro, who will be looking for ideally a healthy and bounce back and um, more spirited slash passionate performance than what he exhibited last year, but heaven knows he's capable of it. So what's left? Your center. I'm not going to sit here and predict how the center will perform, but I do know that the great Marquise Pouncey, and he was that as a football player for a lot of years, was not that in 2020 because of the immense respect that I have for him on and off the field I'd love to believe that that was a combination of you know a his his getting up there and b the the ankle that I I I feel based on what I know was most responsible for his retiring 
But you can't look at Marquise's performance and say that it was up to par. You can't look at Alejandro Villanueva's performance and say that was up to par. You can't look at DeCastro's and say that. You can't look at Matt Filer's and say that because Dotson came in and put Filer to shame, and then they ended up putting Filer back in there. I'm not seeing the, you know, plunge off the end of the cliff here with the offensive line. Green has to come through. He does. He has to be not just better than a third-round pick. He, he's he got to be somebody who it looks like the Steelers would have really kind of stolen right there in plain sight. I don't know if he's going to be that. I don't know if he's going to be that. But if he is, one final time, a lot of this makes sense. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. for just one question and today's comes from Ben who asks what do you reckon the chances are of the first four picks being on offense there are a couple of good project offensive tackles out there like Stone Forsyth and Jalen Moore or do you think the Steelers might be more into cornerback or outside linebacker territory like Shaka Tony I would definitely not point toward Shaka Tony. Anybody who doesn't know, that's a Penn State 
uh, edge rusher, I, I don't think you're going to see the Steelers adding to that area. They have T.J. Watt. They have Alex Highsmith. If anything comes up as it relates to linebacker, as I had asked both Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin about earlier in the week at the Heinz Field press conference, I think it's going to be more toward an inside linebacker who could be molded into more of the Devin Bush partner type, if that makes sense. Another inside linebacker who can go sideline to sideline, cut off your screen passes, uh, cover when needed, uh, have at least enough size to hang with a tight end if needed. That's not really there right now after Bush. Robert Spillane and Vince Williams are more of the throwback types in that genre. But the outside linebacker is, I mean, I I never say no to the question as to whether or not the Steelers are going to go for a linebacker. I always feel like that's coming with every single pick. Okay, so linebacker, yes. Outside, no. Cornerback, yes. Uh, both Tomlin and Colbert sounded plenty excited about the possibilities even deeper into the draft for adding corners. If you consider that Cam Sutton is going to be the default outside starter in non-sub packages, so maybe like first down and whatever, and then slide to the inside whenever you do have sub packages on the field. And then you go to the other side of the field and you've got Joe Hayden, who might be nearing the end of his career. There's definitely needs. They, they, they might not be super pressed to get a corner in for 2021, But getting someone else in who can be part of their mix and work their way up the depth chart, maybe even steal somebody's job, that would be nice. Luxury pick? Eh, I don't know. That one's kind of tough. But to your initial question, four consecutive offensive players to start a draft, I am not feeling it. I actually went through the entire list of the Steelers draft picks last night. This is the kind of time you have between picks to see when was the last time that they had taken three in a row. And it goes all the way back to 1995. This will bring my second reference to Mark Bruner. Cordell Stewart was the second round pick that year. And Brendan Stye, the guard, remember him? Was the third After that, you never saw that again. And, of course, this management team just went a long, long time without taking any offensive player in the first round. The most recent one before Najee Harris being David DeCastro way back in 2012. So they've already gone well against their grain. And I'm okay with that. I mean, you can't just put all your first and second round picks on the defensive side of the ball and then wonder what's going wrong on offense or why your defense is so much better than your offenses. It's not a mystery. They've been leaning this way for a long, long time. So the pendulum swings. And I'm fine with that. I'm Look. Let's wait until this is done to get into any kind of sweeping stuff. But I'll say this right now. 
if I'm lining up that offense like tomorrow for the most hypothetical possible football game, obviously, if I'm lining that offense up and I have that quarterback and he's healthy and he's capable of throwing downfield and and willing to throw downfield, and I've got those four wide receivers and I now have another option at tight end and I have a younger, hungrier, more physical, more punishing offensive line, I've got a better offense than I did last year. You know, how much better? I don't know. Because I want to see the franchise QB go deep. Or at least deeper than the length of his nose, which is what he was doing through most of the 11-0 run. So I, I, I can't look at this offense just on paper and say something grandiose about it. But I feel like the pieces... And in particular, the running game and the physical component that'll come with that, that's the stuff that uh, both Tomlin and Adrian Clem have been stressing like crazy, that they want the offensive line to get back to being punishing, not just withstanding withstanding pressure and absorbing pressure in the name of pass protection, but pushing people back the way we saw Kevin Dotson doing. Let's see the whole offensive line do that. Um, that's when you start giving this whole offense a different look. It's just a matter of the quarterback getting the ball, you know, more than 10, 15 yards downfield, start spreading people out again. It can be a good offense. I appreciate the question, Ben. I appreciate everybody listening here on the weekend. We'll do another special daily shot of Steelers tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.